period one of On the Bench with Beaks' coverage of the 11th annual Dog Bowl for Dog Nation Hockey Foundation begins with a couple of words from their very own Mike Freeman. Well, hey guys, this is Mike Smalls Freeman, and welcome to Dog Bowl 11. We are so excited to welcome 58 teams to this year's Dog Bowl, including four sled teams. We've got nine divisions. Uh, we've got a kid sled hockey game. We've got um, we've got a survivor game that is going to be off the charts, super emotional, and uh, we've got just a. Uh, you know, just a, a really emotionally packed weekend, including a wedding, Dog Bowl's first wedding. And so it's a pretty, pretty amazing uh, lineup for the weekend. And, uh, and we welcome spectators back this year, which I think is, adds a you know, whole new dimension while keeping what we picked up from last year, which is Shaw Hockey Production. So we're doing both this year, which I think is going to be a real fan pleaser. To start off the weekend, we met up with one of last year's Dog Bowl recipients, Tony Koza. All right, welcome back to On the Bench with Beaks. Yes, we are here out here at Edge Ice Arena for the second year in the row. We are covering the Dog Nation Dog Bowl, baby. We're talking about the 11th one. Like, yeah, we, we came in on the 10th. We came in when it's real hot. Woohoo! Oh yeah, it's good to be back. So yeah, it's it's great to be back. We're seeing a, a whole lot of incredible hockey teams pl uh, playing tonight, but tonight we've got Tony Koza. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about a hockey player. We're talking about a, a Dog Nation survivor, a Dog Nation recipient. Um, last year was his time. He he was endowed with a, such an incredible backing from Dog Nation. Tony, just say hi real quick. Let's let's get the fans. You know the listeners like uh, like maybe you know a little familiar with you. Give us a little bit of background on you and why you're here today. Blessed be the fruit. Oh well, my God, the tastiest fruit of it at all. <laughs> well, so background in hockey. It's not very extensive like most folks. I didn't start until college, and that was just basically rec league ball outside on the concrete playing some ball hockey and that was it and we didn't have a goalie so we had to go to the rec center rent pads and we switched off and it was at me and net and basically stopped some well not pots but balls and I've kind of been stuck playing goalie ever since <laughs> and that's how I got started well and, and and that's not that's not totally uh, crazy uh, like especially for these days is that so many people in their later stages uh, of life are actually kind of getting into hockey, which is really cool. You know, it really does uh, like speak to the the accessibility of Colorado hockey at this point. Is that uh, we've come so, such a far way? Like, I, I, like so many times on this podcast, that so many people have said, "Well, you know, if ice hockey was around me, I would have been in it, but it wasn't around it." So, how did you actually find your way into ice hockey? Well, it mostly happened because we were playing well at uh, the Bladium, which is Stapleton area. That roller and, hockey joint, yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that was a long job for us to get there, especially for the 11 o'clock games. Then you have to park in lot beers, you're getting home at like 2 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On a, on a Sunday night. Preach, too. my brother. <laughs> so, preach, preach, my brother. Then we just decided, we were like, you know, fuck it, let's, let's try this ice thing, let's give it a shot. Which, as a goalie, it's great. Like, ice is 
so much better than roller hockey when you're playing net. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing was, you know, you're playing roller as a goalie, you go down into your butterfly stance, whatever, and then you're just you kind of hobbling around trying to go side to side. And then you switch to ice hockey, and the first time in net, you know, I try to go side to side one time, I end up in the corner of the fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, well, this is going to be a bit of a change. Honestly, <laughs> like, completely through that, I, I could just see you, like, on the, uh, on the Palladium court, just like, eh, eh, you know, itching over, just on your... And then the first time you get on ice, it's just like, I wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> well, I literally like, was in the corner. He tries to I'm move... I'm not joking. He tries to move... <laughs> he tries to move a foot, and he ends up in, it, it, on the other side. For real, man. That was... A, so yeah, like it just uh, yeah, keep going, man. Like like, uh, how do you how do you try to get better in ice and then like uh, what kind of ice time were you seeing about all that? At that point, we were just playing one game a week at Old Foothills, best rink in the world for a goalie because that rink is cold. It's cold. Yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. Like oh, it is. I want to go back there. The ice was always perfect because it was so cold in there. You play here and you know any other place, it's a lot warmer. And I'm a hot person to begin with, so it's just. I missed that place, but yeah, that league went defunct, and that's when we moved to the edge. And then, randomly, I get a Facebook message from a buddy of mine I went to high school with, and they were looking for a sub goalie on their ice team. And um, I was actually at a, uh, I think it was an engagement party, and I get the Facebook message saying, "Hey, uh, I heard you started playing ice. Can you come sub for us?" And I was like, "Buddy, well, I'm about six beers deep. Like, I am gonna suck ass. Like, I'm not gonna be good." <laughs> We don't care. We just need somebody in net. And I played, and they're like, hey, you're a lot better than the other goalie we had. Do you want to just keep playing with us? So, I don't know. I would say that was, shit, maybe seven years ago. So, I've been playing on two teams, you know, so playing twice a week, every week. And then I could see my play just gradually start to go up and up. And just with more ice time, generally. Yeah. Once a week, you, you get to a point, and... You just can't get past that point. You add another game in there, and then all of a sudden it just it starts to go exponentially and just keeps going up. I mean, it, it's tough. I've never had a goalie coach. I'm just self-taught, so I'm constantly watching everybody else play and trying to see what they do, watching the pros play, <laughs> trying to do what they do. <laughs> to no avail. It's kind of tough when you're 5'8", hoping to be 5'9 one day. <laughs> I can't get any taller. That's probably my one. That's a true beer league uh, Cinderella story right there. That is the most beer league Cinderella story I think I've ever heard in my life. And I mean, with you kind of double shifting in a sense, like that has to, we've always talked about like, you need 10,000 hours basically to Perfect, you know, this skill. perfect this skill. Well, you're doing. So I'm about like a 200 yeah, hours right now. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, you're <laughs> like doing doubles on a team. So you're still getting the experience with other people, and then your other team as well. So you get to actually read what certain other players' body language is. You can hone in your skills. Like that's. I think that's brilliant that you're kind of doing two teams at the same time is probably a little bit stressful or you know i wouldn't even call it stressful at all it's just i mean i had the endurance for it it was yeah. it was pretty much always there you know until obviously the accident happened when i was sitting on my couch for eight months but um the one crazy thing is each league the one i play here at the edge 
for a while there, we were, uh, we were actually playing the top division here. And so a completely different pace of play compared to when I go over to Ice Ranch and play to my other one. And you know how they do their divisions. It's like E4, North, 2, 5, 6, you know, B, Orange, 4. Yeah, oh and yeah, it's, absolutely. You, know, you sunk my battleship. What's that? <laughs> you sunk my battleship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> their division is stupid. But call it, you know, low D league. Right. And so it's a completely different pace of play. You're, you're trying to read pucks off sticks and expecting it to just go top shelf every single time. And you react that way and then it just slides through the wickets and you look like an idiot. And you're like, well, these off-speed pitches are really fucking me up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, for sure. So, one, well, my question will be off of that is how much have you learned just going from trying to read the stick to actually reading body language and everything? It's It was a good combo of both. It's literally like... I have to learn to read a completely different thing, like more read the hips than the puck with the lower division. The upper division, you really have to read it off the stick. With the position of the stick behind the body, you know that they can move it. If it's in front of the body and they're on a breakaway, then you're going to know that they're probably going to go backhand on you. Because if it's in front, obviously you can't get your blade around it to go and try to move it that way. So yeah, and that's still something that... You know, I spaz out and I don't pay attention to all the time. Yeah. It's more of a like a discipline thing. It's like focus, read the stick, remember which league you're playing in right now. A, and then you know, B, try to do that, and then all at the same time, stick on the ice, square to the puck, keep your back up straight. You're short. Do not bend over. You bend over, you're gonna leave top half of the net open. Come out, play the puck more, and. It, it almost reminds me of golf where you have to remember like 15 different things before you swing. Right. Which, well, either that or you wish that you were like a Ben Bishop or like a Veseleski or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the huge guys. I would give my right leg to be 6'8". <laughs> Wait, is that fucked up to say? <laughs> no, no. Like, <laughs> trust me, man. What? We go there. Yeah. <laughs> We're like HBO. We almost did. It didn't work out. I didn't grow anything. I may have actually shrunk. <laughs> well, no, that uh, that like that really speaks to the unpredictability, uh, the unpredictability of hockey in general. Is that no matter where you're playing or who you're playing against, there's always something that you like. You need to be present always in the game. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, like that's not even with the goaltending. That's even on the defense, the offense. Everybody needs to be in tune with everybody and pick up where the other person's leaving off, in a sense. Well, it, well, it's just hockey is always a game of like omnipresence. Yeah. Really. Well, kind of give and go, in a sense. You have to know. I think the other th- cool thing about being a goalie is you're immediately that team's best friend as soon as you walk into a locker room when you're sub, <laughs> right? Because it's like, oh, thank God, we have a goalie tonight. Oh, yes. And that helps a lot when you're learning the game and maybe some of your first couple hundred hours out there on the rink, you're just still getting used to it and they're just grateful that you're there. But I imagine going from ball hockey to ice hockey, aside from just learning the difference in your own position there's difference in the physics between a ball and a puck and so you're you talked about how like you're watching people's sticks 
when they're shooting and expecting where it might go. The other thing is you probably had to learn over how this thing going into the net is going to bounce differently or tip differently and, and stuff like that. So what was that transition like? Was it the same as if you were playing your position or was it a different kind of learning that you went through? I think the biggest thing was the speed of the game changed so much. Um, I mean, road hockey, it still goes pretty quick at some points, but it, a ball can only go so fast. Even like a sport court puck, it can only go so fast. And um, <laughs> I don't know, another thing was how much more it hurts to get with the puck if you don't have the padding in the right spot. And my gear was shit for a long time. And you know, I'm just piecemealing it together, sure. little by little, like, ah. I guess I need a new glove. Like, this thing sucks. So I get a new glove, and I'm always the goalie out there that doesn't have a match and shit. At all. It's just all over the place. Oh, it's like whatever I could find that was a decent deal. Yeah, you got a green blocker, you got a, like, a gold fucking glove yeah. <laughs> it's like a It's like a, re- a reverse uh, 180 of uh, Arthur Zerbe. <laughs> yeah, like all, all he had was all he had was just worn, worn down white stuff, but uh, Tony's over here just like mixing and matching like crazy. That's awesome. With my piece of shit iTech helmet that yeah. I oh, yes. play against sports. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Mix and match deal? Hell yeah. Bogo? Bet. So, <laughs> so take, us up, take us up to the point where, you know, unfortunately to bring it down a little bit, like your, your, uh, your car crash and kind of what that meant for you after your car crash. Uh, the toughest part about it, I mean, the initial toughest part was not being independent and really having to be just catered on. I, when you're on crutches, you can't even carry your dinner plate from the kitchen to the couch. My poor wife had to do pretty much everything for me. I did develop ways to carry a plate between my pinky and my ring finger while on crutches. And then she would catch me and I'd get in a lot of trouble because I could spill it pretty easily. And, I can I can honestly see you, Tony, just like kind of hanging out. Like, how can I duct tape my plate <laughs> to my crutches yeah, to get me to the spot? <laughs> to figure out, you know, any way to where I could be doing more and not being so dependent, and you know, put a lot of pressure on her to, yeah. to do everything for me. Couldn't drive, and that sucked. And you and I have talked about how you know my dad. He had his injury, and we actually had an electric wheelchair for him, which we still had. And so we brought that over to my house. And that, believe it or not, the small distance it could make it, I could go to Walgreens and back. And it was a sense of freedom. I was like, I can go somewhere on my own. Like, this is great. I can carry my fucking dinner plate. Yeah, I can put it on my lap. I can carry whatever I want. Well, it's not like uh, with your shenanigans or David Copperfield, David Blaine stuff. You don't have to pull the magic and, you know, you can actually start to be, you know, dependent on yourself as well, you know. I want to go to the store and get a rock star. I can go. I can go to the gas station. I can go to the water. That's really about it. The battery died on me coming back one time because (laughs) I went a little bit too far. I had to call the wife and be like, hey, uh, so the wheelchair died. Where are you? I'm at the bottom of the driveway. 
<laughs> Almost made it. Almost made it. She had to come and get the wheelchair back in the garage to plug it in. Well, trust me, buddy. I I, I felt that. I felt right? the spirit of that. Yeah, the uh, the it runs out of juice kind of thing. So, uh, like, and, and being in that, like, um, you were a recipient last year from, like, in Dog Bowl 10. Complete surprise to you. Like, we were all there. We, we watched it. And it was an amazing moment. A great moment. Like, did, like, A, B, like, what does it mean to be a recipient? And did you really have any sort of idea that it was actually going to happen? So, I had an idea... My friends, I have a pretty big network of people I know, family, friends, and everything. And really, right when they found out that um, my accident happened and that my insurance hadn't kicked on yet, my, my brother and his wife put together a GoFundMe. And then through some other friends, they said, hey, maybe we should talk to our domination about taking this over. Because, you know, GoFundMe, they, they take a little bit. And they took it over. And I knew they had taken it over. And I heard... You know what they could possibly do, blah blah blah, and had absolutely no idea how much they were going to do. But that it was, I mean, shocking. I don't know a better word to say to describe it, but and they're like, here's your check, and they said the amount, and it was just, I was blown away. I mean, Dave had, Dave got his check before me, and fuck yeah, Dave, that's so awesome, yeah. that's great. You know, I'm thinking anything that can help would be great, and by far away it just exceeded any expectation I had, and I certainly saw it on my face when I was there. Oh, (laughs) yeah, we... The look on your face was just, you went from excited to just complete shock and awe. Yeah. Like... Just baffled. Yeah. (laughs) And it just, it, it goes to show, like, what the hockey community is. There's absolutely nothing like it. I'm so thankful that I got introduced to the hockey community, not because I'm a recipient, but just because of like, how much of a family feel it is. At this rate, they have a family. At Ice Ranch, they have a family. And they all almost coincide with each other. I mean, watching the people come in the stairs, there's two waitresses from Ice Ranch that are here. One that was sitting at the table for the first check presentation. And, you know, I see her, and I'm waving at her. She wasn't looking at me, but I just kept waving. And my wife was like, stop it. You're looking like a fucking idiot. Stop it. I was like, no, no, I'm going to keep waving until she sees me. She's like, hey, I can see you here. And I didn't know that she was part of the group. You know, the guy, he just, just lost his wife to a heart attack. And here comes Dog Nation, ready to come help him out and give him a check. And, I mean, damn, if that isn't cool, and, you know, of course, Jenna's sitting next to me, and she starts crying, and she does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mike calls her out for it. Yeah. <laughs> Smalls is so good at that. Smalls is so damn good he at that. He knows she's a crier. He knows it. <laughs> oh, he's just trying to take all the, like, the uh, like the public eye off of him, because he's weeping like a little child. Um, so, like, what I, what, what I really want to know is... Um, so you're back this year, literally, maybe not even 365 days later, you were coming back to this uh, dog ball, but you're actually playing. Yeah. You, so you were playing in this one year after being a recipient. And I mean, we've, I mean, Dog Nation has had so many different recipients, you know, their stories are different, but 
to the fact that one year ago you were not even able to really get out on your own to getting back to actually playing in this tournament that gave back so much to you what I mean what kind of feelings does that kind of bring up for you it's 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 kind of almost I guess threefold for me A I've been a part of God Bowl but never actually played in there I've always been here for the event great event love supporting it love watching the check presentations on the ice like it's just it's so much fun to come out and watch people get a check cry with them like it's just it's cool it's fun cool like to be human for yeah, a minute it's yeah. like oh my god look at what they're doing for these people I love this event next year I gotta get a team and my teams are always we're, we're lazy and we think about it I don't know three weeks in advance it's like shit we probably should have gotten that team together and I I texted Marty and I was like hey uh, so my team wants to get in if there's any spots left or I don't know if maybe you possibly have a team that's looking for attendee that would be great and then Marty came through and was like, hey, and I got you a spot. Well, that's fantastic. So it's the first year I've ever played in it. I'm playing in it as a recipient, which is just, that's amazing in itself. And then I'm also coming back to hockey after being, you know, away from it for, I want to say it was about, well, with COVID, it was about a year before I got back in the US. So COVID hit in March, leagues got shut down, I was done. Um, accident happens, that was early June. A week later, my league started back up again. So that was brutal. And, you know, watching everybody finally get back to the ice, because they're all itching to get back on just like I was, and then I wasn't able to do it. So, I mean, this is like three different factors going into it that makes this tournament so special. And, you know, I managed to get going again about, I think it was about three months ago, if I'm doing my math right. Just so happy to work out that I'm in I'm in the position I am right now to be able to play, which was so great, you know, and be out there and not be a liability. <laughs> that was always kind of my biggest fear. I don't want to come back too soon. Like, yes, I want to fucking come back as soon as I can, but I don't want to come back too soon as a goalie and, and be a liability to my team, even though yeah, they want me back and they're supporting me on. But I don't want to sit there and be like, oh, there goes a puck through my legs. Yeah, I'm not gonna get that. <laughs> No, actually, that was kind of one of the first things that I asked when I woke up out of it, like an induced coma, like, so when can I play hockey? And I'm like, well, we'll hold off on that. But I know I totally feel I feel that like, but the but the fact is, is that you're here and you're playing. In fact, you actually got one of uh, one of the uh, boys on the benches uh, spot on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not a goalie, so it's not like I literally took the spot but it was it was really cool for me to experience dog bowl for the first time last year oh yeah and i uh i feel like i was really grateful just for the experience and to see what this was about and start to understand everything that was going on but i still don't totally get it and there's so many levels to this tournament there's the fundraising that starts months in advance of this thing and recruiting all the sponsors and trying to figure out what you want to do to be part of it in that way because there's no way from what it gives you that you could ever repay that feeling but you just try to do whatever you can and then for me I really wanted to get back on the ice I 
wasn't recovering from an injury. I was just looking forward to being part of a team again. For me, hockey's always been this mental escape from whatever else is going on in the world. It's a great chance to get to know new people. And when I was reaching out to Marty being like, yo, I know this is kind of late notice. I'm just trying to get on a team. Um, I hope that there's a spot for me because I can't bring a whole team together and then take, you know, like bring all the registrations and everything. And he said, oh, well, tell me a little bit about what your skill level's like and where you've played before and leave it with me. And usually when you hear leave it with me from Marty, he delivers and he may find a way to do that in an unexpected way. And then all of a sudden, I got a text message and it was from this Koza. And I was like, wait a minute, Koza, I know that name. Wait, you look like, yeah, you're definitely. And he's like, yeah, that's my brother. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be like so much, this feels so much greater to me that I'm now a part of a team that is called Tony's Ponies, which is, you know, I, I was like, is that because it's named after your brother? And he's like, yeah, we did that to honor him. And I was like, oh man, that's so cool. And so I, I, I am just so grateful to be now part of this tournament as a player. And I could have been totally happy not playing and just experiencing this again another year, but one of the things that's really great as a player that those that aren't a player don't know is your first game they come in marty gives you a little bit of a speech as to why dog bowl is even a thing and uh it, it gets you right in the feels right away and you've just been listening to your pump up music in the car and then all of a sudden you're like oh man all right crap all right yeah all right do it for the Gipper, like for everyone. You just want to like give it your all. And then you have uh, uh, the announcer come in and I think his name's Manny. And, and, and he's like asking for your number and pronunciation of your name and it's going to be live streamed and you're like, oh wow, I feel special all of a sudden. And that's, and that's the thing I want to highlight as well is like there's so many people in this tournament, but there's always a moment where you feel singled out, appreciated, and individualized by the founders of this tournament and the organizers, and they make you feel like you deserve to be here, it's fun to be here, and like, what's, what's the saying? Work hard, play hard, have fun? Like, I totally, I, it totally encapsulates all of that. Yeah, they, like, the, the biggest thing about it is that, like, they don't they don't only work hard to make the recipients feel special it's like it's everyone who's so involved with it like it doesn't matter who you are it's just like yeah like dude you're gonna be a part of this you know you're gonna get your name in lights if you, you go out there and put the puck in the net you know but uh, like and i just i think that's what's so special about it and what what keeps bringing like recipients like you and I back is, I mean, how many times have you walked around here this week? Uh, like so far, I mean, you know, we've been, we're, we're well into this whole entire thing, but how many, how many people have walked around and be like, Tony, Hey, what's going on, man? 
how long did it take for me to just get back to the table? It's like, yeah, I'm going to run something to my truck really quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> right. It's nearly impossible for me to go there and back. I was sitting just waiting for you guys to get ready. And like, you know what? I'm going to run and go grab my, uh, I just bought a combination, you know, pullover. I'm going to go run to the truck and get there real quick. And I thought, you're not going to make it back. It's going to be like 30, 45 minutes before you make it back. I'm just going to sit there and deal with it. So, um, I, uh, let me, let me, let me just like end it with this. Like, um, your second, your second year at dog bowl, what are you hoping to see or what are you hoping to do? Like at the end of this entire tournament goalie fight. I'm kidding. Yeah, that's a nice Ronnie Hextall. <laughs> uh, a Patrick Wall and a, a Mike Vernon, basically. Oh, dude. Well, you know what? Uh, every game you play, man, I'm going to be out there screaming for you to tuck one in then, buddy. Every time the puck comes down on Tony, I'll be like, shoot, shoot. shoot. Yeah. I'll be like, what's this guy doing? Why is he yelling? I suck at stick handling. Don't force that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure out your weaknesses and we'll tell the other team from the stands. It's all right. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Tony, thank you so much for joining us, man. Like, uh, I think I think all, all three of us seeing what happened to you last year and how you've how you have recovered so quickly and you've been able to bounce back and really make a difference in your own life and a difference in all of our lives just seeing how great you've done uh so thank you so much um do you want to do you want to say thank you to anybody out there you want to give some shout outs or anything shout out to my wife we all know this she's the one she's the only one that made this shit close not the only one but you know couldn't have done without her I mean, shout out to everybody involved in this tournament. Literally, like, you guys, you saved my ass. Right before we get off of here, what is something that you've learned? Oh, he's pulling something out of his sack. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. What is something that you have learned, like, life lesson or whatnot, from pre-crash or accident to now? From playing and as a person and everything. And if I can add on to that, like... If the learning is similar to this or it's a different question, I'd like you to expand on it by saying, like, what advice would you have for someone going through what you're doing? It's, Ooh, it's boys. the same thing. It all falls under the same thing, and it's uh, positive spirit. Like, literally. Through the entire thing, everybody just kept commenting on, I don't know how you just stay so positive. And in my mind, there is no other way to do it. No. It's just, I don't see a reason to get down. You get down, you're gonna put yourself down, you're gonna get farther down, and it's never gonna have a great impact. If you stay positive, keep your outlook happy, what comes comes. It's not so much what happens to you, it's how you turn around and deal with it. Holy shit, dude, I have been preaching the same thing. Damn straight. What what did you say on the radio station that we it's, went yesterday? It doesn't matter what happens to you in life, and it's how you deal with it. Yep. Tony. Yep. I, I'm right there with you, bud. No, uh, it's it great. Is. I mean, your your mentality is going to control your life. Nobody else can control your life but you. 
Get some positive with it, and you know, good things will come. Maybe bad things will come too, but they're not going to be as bad. They really won't. Well, and even as Cody has said, the world never revolves around you. You may think it does, but it doesn't. No. But we can revolve around each other. Exactly. And that's exactly what we've been doing. Aww. <laughs> oh, big hug. <laughs> I mean, Tony, yes, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, thank you to Dog Nation for letting our degenerate asses be here. Uh, we will be back more later on. So uh, until then, V Horsh. Aviento. Avidizen. <laughs> Next up, we were able to talk to Shannon Sorensen of the Colorado Avalanche Sled Beat Hockey Team. Her team actually went on to win the sled division at the Dog Bowl this year, which is pretty cool. Yes, and we are back here at Dog Bowl 11 for Dog Nation Hockey Foundation's Charity Ice Tournament. This is On the Bench with Beaks, and I am your host, Beaks. I am also joined by uh, Bryce McMillan. Hey, what's up? How are you? And we have got a hold of a little helper here over here, uh, Matthias Hader. Yeah. I'm excited to be here today. Once again, all right, and we are joined by a lovely lady, uh, queen of the ice rink on the sled, Shannon Sorderson. She's playing for the Avalanche B sled team. Shannon, say what's up. Hey, guys. <laughs> Perfect, short and simple. There we go. Uh, so, um, just uh, we're, we've been we've been talking all over uh, the tournament uh, about getting you on the podcast. So, uh, we just uh, like we want to start out with your background. Um, you know, kind of how you got into hockey. How like you know, um, like just like the details of your uh, your injury and stuff like that, and yeah. how it led to hockey. So, um, here. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I didn't know anything about hockey. Hockey, Like, I watched it occasionally, and I enjoyed watching hockey games, but I think uh, watching sports was always a little bit, like, lacking for me on TV. Like, if I didn't know who was playing, it wasn't as fun, because I was just like, yeah, look at all those guys running. Oh, <laughs> that looks like fun. Like, it's more fun if you, like, know who to root for. Um, and I... Uh, my back was pretty funky throughout my life. When I was younger, I had um, a lipoma on my spine. And um, we went to a doctor that we thought knew a lot about it, but he didn't. Um, the type of lipoma I had, you can usually, it's fatty tissue that you can usually go in and suck out. And um, this dude tried to cut it out, and he created a problem where there was a lot of scar tissue, and it just kept reattaching. Nobody knew how to get the mass of scar tissue lipoma out and so what they would do is they'd go in and they'd just like try and release what nerves they could and um, I walked for years despite that um, I, I definitely walked with a limp but um, 
I was happy with it. Uh, when I was like 20, I got super tall out of nowhere and that mass reattached, but it was a little bit worse because they had operated on it to release the pressure on my spinal cord so much that, well, every time they operate, they cut you open and they make more scar tissue. Oh, absolutely. So just nobody knew how to get that out. And when it hit me again, it, when I was an adult, um, they started, they went in and they scraped it back and I was walking beautifully. My balance was so much better. It reattached in like six months. So they went in, they scraped it out and walking beautifully. And then three months later, it, it was attaching again and I was losing feeling and just really freaking out. And uh, the neurosurgeon I had, was really an amazing neurosurgeon. He took time prepping and trying to figure out the best way to get it out and he sent my scans to different doctors across the country to like make game plans and like had consultants. But um, yeah, I became paralyzed when they were removing that. And it, it was a hard decision to have the surgery because they told me basically that with the way I was losing function, I was just gonna wake up and not have anything and not be able to get it back. And, or I could have this surgery and like maybe I'd lose some function, maybe I won't walk afterwards, but maybe I could get it back. And so it just seemed like the better option. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, so they did that and I couldn't walk afterwards. And I really like, I really worked at it. Um, but they, they created a new problem. They got the mass out and I started popping spinal leaks. Like, crazy so I get like dizzy from setting up and stuff like that and um, you know I just like we have a competent surgeon say like we can make this better if we do this and you're miserable you can't set up you do it yeah, and um, I got into just like just a cluster of like oh we can fix it okay like let's fix this and get some function back and they really messed up my back they made more holes and I was popping spinal leaks like crazy they ended up they tried to put a shunt in my back and drain the spinal fluid into my stomach that didn't work um, it just made more holes in my back because they put that tube in there and uh, after that they fuckery they tried a bunch of fuckery excuse my language no you're good but doctors don't know everything they just act like they do of course um, I got to a point where they had put a tube in my head and they were trying to regulate my spinal fluid that was causing that, that was causing pressure yeah they did that <laughs> that was causing, they're trying to regulate the spinal fluid from my head and um, anybody that has hydrocephalus or shunt knows they don't work that way so um, we were over draining my brain and I got to the point, I couldn't sit up and then my doctor stopped calling me back because I think they were like oop, I shouldn't have done that oh my gosh, shouldn't have done that, she just a girl and so anyways <laughs> um, I drove out, my mom drove me out to Mayo Clinic and they told me out there, they were like, well, what are you here for? Because we don't work miracles. And they told me that my brain was sagging. And I was like, I think I'm a little too young for that. Oh, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> like, I didn't expect that to sag. <laughs> so, anywho, um, they told me to absolutely get the shunt out of my head. They wouldn't take it out. 
um, but they told me to come back here. And I came back here, and I, I had to fight the doctors to take it out. They, um, they didn't want to take it out. They wanted to take out some rods they had put in my back and try and he said he, maybe we could just mush things back together and fill up some of those holes if we just, like, smushed that muscle in there. They'd done all kinds of things like that, too. They took muscle or fiber from my thigh muscle, and they, like, wrapped it around my spine to try and rebuild me a new dura. Nothing was working. Um, so I got back from Mayo Clinic. I threw down with some doctors to get that out of my head. And once that was out of my head, I don't know, I was instantly better. I could sit the day after my head was all swollen because they took it out and I looked I looked like that redheaded kid from Mask. Oh my God. <laughs> They're like, you should call the doctor. And I was just like, I was running around the house smiling and like doing all kinds of things because it was the first time I could sit up for more than an hour without getting real dizzy or getting the headache. Oh, yeah. And I had just like, I had powered through it for a while. So like I was... Oh, time after time. just I was high on life that day, even though my head looked really <laughs> jacked up. It went down really quick. And after that, I just decided that... Um, Man, the power of happy thoughts can do a lot. It's, it's and, incredibly so. Yeah, I won't, I won't preach it. Yeah, I have different beliefs about certain things, but it, it did come down to my faith in a higher power that like, I did have the ability to imagine those leaks closing. And I think that even though I did have some spinal leaks after putting that shunt in my head, they didn't compare oh, yeah. to the, my brain sagging. So um, I powered through it. I haven't had any like intense scans on my back, but like it's solid. I'm playing hockey. Like it, it's no biggie. Speaking of which, how did you, well like yeah? I mean, if you were never like a sporty person, and then well, like, okay, yeah, I really liked watching my brothers play sports. I loved watching like little kids play sports. Um, I was a kid like I remember at school for a long time I used to play basketball with the boys and stuff and then I I got to the point where it just I couldn't keep up so I still like I loved sitting on the sidelines watching the people I knew play and I had always thought it looked super fun and missed when I could run um because even though I was I was walking until I was 21 but it a rough walk. I wasn't running anywhere. <laughs> you know, I had a little bit of like a sidestep in action. Yeah, yeah. Some side. I, I had that uh, that swagger in my hips. Oh yeah, just that kind of that pimply. You know, yeah, pimp walk. yeah. That's what I called it too. I told people that they needed to get me a pimp cane. Like, where's and, my money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, show me. Um, yeah, so anyways, um, I was sitting watching my brother. He plays at a soccer house down in the Springs. And I always liked watching him play. It was one of the first times in a long time I'd been feeling up to it because I hadn't been able to sit up for six months. Yeah. And it, it was some time out after the shunt was out of my head. And I was healed up. And um, I was just watching my brother play. And, like, he's made such good friends on his soccer team. I really liked the sense of community that he's always had through his soccer team yeah. and his, his indoor soccer teams are tight yeah. and um, I don't know I was sitting there I wanted something to help me get my core back in shape because I, <laughs> I'd lose my balance leaning forward and stuff oh trust me I know all you about know that all about <laughs> core strength is rough and so uh, 
Anywho, I, I wanted something to get in shape, and I wanted a team. I wanted to play on a team and have that experience. And so I decided I needed an adaptive sport, and I Googled adaptive sports while I was watching my brother play, and um, Colorado adaptive sports came up, and the first thing I saw was sled hockey, and I just lost my mind. It looked so cool. It looked, it looked really cool and also way, way too expensive for me to ever do it. I mean, hockey in general is just it's like you're paying out the ass. But. It's rough. It's rough, but like I've made it happen, and in, I've been able to do a lot of that through my sled hockey club supporting me because I never expected to be able to try this for free. And I just like it blew my mind that I had had this option available to me for years, and I just had no idea about it. Now, how was it that you actually got to try it for free? Is there like a program that there was going on, or well, yeah? So. In a little bit of a rut right now because um, our trailer was stolen at one of our tournaments I saw that, yeah. early on. Um, but yeah, you can try it for free. Um, we had a come and try if you want policy and we'll get you a sled. I don't know what our situation is on sleds. I should have asked somebody before I came to, to talk to you guys so I could tell you more about it. But Colorado sled hockey, if you Google it, come up and you can call us, <laughs> but um, it was set up so you could come in and you could try it for free and then if you wanted to stick to it, you put down a $100 deposit. You have to register with USA Hockey obviously, so there's those besides. We really only had a deposit sitting there because people started running off with our sleds. They'd come in to try and we'd be like, yeah, take your gear and learn. And then they'd move oh. and they'd move with all our stuff. Well, so, My question is, you know, you got to try it. You did it. You played it. What was the hook for you? What made you come back? What made you really addicted to this sport? The, the thing play? is, like, I think I was kind of sold on it before I tried it. Because, like, one, because I was worried about my core strength, it looked harder than it actually was when I got on the ice. Um, I didn't know that we have stuff in sled hockey to help you with your core strength if you don't have much of it. You know, some people have the higher sled backs and they strap into it so it holds them. And um, the way we space our blades matters. I didn't realize that we started with our blades spaced far out. Um, so I just looked at like these tight blades together and it, it looked hard. I thought I was going to have to learn how to balance on my butt on the ice before I learned how to skate. Right, and yeah. so I got in this bucket and I could balance, which like I could do that when I was standing. So it just surprised me. And then my, yeah, it just surprised me. It showed me that I was stronger than I thought I was. And, that, and I mean, and, and you know, when you're kind of placed in this immobile, like, very just, like, physically detrimental for so long, your life, and then you go out and you do something like that, it's just, it's going to mm -hmm. mean the world to you that, like... Yeah, and you have people treat this. you like you're going to break. I, like, you sneeze and everybody's like, oh, you're okay, or, like... Have you noticed how, like, in crowds, and it still cracks me up to this day, but somebody will, like, kick my chair, and they'll be like, oh, God, sorry. Oh, 
uh, trust me, I've like I have accidentally, possibly purposely, if you're a Chicago Blackhawks or a Philadelphia Flyers fan at the ball arena, uh, I've like you know I've run into so many people, and whether it's like accidental or purpose, they're always the one turning around saying sorry. I'm like. I just ran over you. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> yeah, like I'm, so- but like like concert crowds, you can part real quick that way oh, too, and you don't even have to feel bad because everybody else does for you. So you just like. Oh yeah, and I mean like especially if you're at like a punk show, you know, you're, everybody's boshing anyways. So you know, what? I'm just gonna I'm have, just gonna ram through it. I will <laughs> say that is one thing when I was walking at shows, you know, I always avoided that because my balance was bad and like my back was tender. Yeah. Uh, first time I went to a show and chair and realized I could just like go screaming into the pit. Like seriously wield it. Yeah, no, I, my friends pulled me out. Uh, like they pulled me out because like all the guys in the pit were okay, but I like I was a couple drinks down and I saw I saw another person in a wheelchair and I guess I pointed at him and I was like, ah. let's fucking do this. Yeah, and I'm starting to charge, but like I guess I I'm told it was a very frail old looking lady and they were just like no shit it's gotta go oh, it was the, the black lights the black lights baby to me to me like she looked down we made eye contact and she was ready she was ready first on like wheelchair pits I so I think I think my friends just like took away a life experience there cause I think <laughs> the lady I think the lady would have enjoyed it she was at a metal show like oh, come on see you had the you had the hockey mentality even before you got on the ice. You really did. I grew up with two older brothers, but like, I oh, think they, they, yeah, and the... Oh, so yeah, well, you were getting beat up the entire, like, your entire life anyways. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm kind of thankful for that, because, like, people expect me to be a lot softer than I am. Oh, yeah, and, and that's a general misconception of the world, you know, we, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother podcast. Yeah, but um, that's a, that's another thing that makes hockey magic, though, is you've got these people that are treated like they're made of porcelain anywhere else, and you give them some place they can feel strong, and that's, that's magic. That is awesome. Well, you know, and that's and that's the thing is like when you're going through kind of like stuff that's really, it's not only messing like with your physical body, but it also really takes a large toll on your mental attitude. Mm-hmm. And when people do like like it's it's it, no one even has to say anything. You just get that look where it's like, oh, I feel mm-hmm. so sorry for you. The that pity you're eyes. It. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, just to be able to step into into a situation where it's like that none of the, none of that happens. Like you drive yourself. You like you get you get respect like everybody else does. You work hard. You dig in, and you you know you, you and you're treated regularly. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, that's another thing that's magic about it, and I didn't realize it until you pointed it out. But yeah, you don't get the pity eyes here, and. You don't get the people treating you like you're fragile. You get you get a different kind of look here. You like you, you get the respect eyes and like the nod, the like. Hmm. It's like you gonna go? Or what? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some of that too. Yeah. The Forest Whitaker eyes. <laughs> oh, I wish they could see those eyes. That's oh, yeah. good. Mr. Hader. Yeah. So I heard you mentioned that you're. You uh, play for the Colorado Avalanche, like the sled hockey team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you said that your trailer was stolen? Yeah, 
a tournament. I think, uh, no, it was outside of Big Bear. We yeah. had it parked outside of Big Bear. And yeah, somebody came up and took it. Um, and it's like, it's kind of been a thing too, because I know that that happened to another sled hockey club down in the Springs. And, oh, yeah, I heard about that too, yeah. And then the year before that, it happened to just a guy on my team. Somebody stole his bag out of his truck with his sled in it. And it's like, how much can you really get through this sweaty, was that sweaty hockey? Yeah, Pierce. Yeah, because I remember that uh, Dog Nation stepped in and got him a new sled after that. They did. Yeah, that was really awesome how they stepped up because he, like, we still had our trailer full of club sleds, but Pierce, the way he sits in his bucket, he sits he sits on his legs, like on his knees. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he couldn't just jump into one of our backup sleds when that happened. Oh, yeah. And it, it was just awful because they did. They took away his... His outlet, like, yeah. you know, I, I maybe not say livelihood, but his release. You know what, like, like, it, it depends on what time of the month it is, or, like, just what time of the year it is, because sometimes it is your livelihood, like, that's what gets you through the week, is I have hockey practice, or I'm going to have ice time, or anything like that. Shannon, uh, congratulations on being the first one to be stitched up on our podcast, by the way. We have, we have the no, team. I don't think this is... I don't think this is a stitches thing. Well, Shannon, just tell the talk. I love the listeners what happened today. It's so stupid. I feel so silly. I was at the gas station, and I was filling up wiper fluid because it's been super rainy, and I've got kind of a long drive. I went through all of it. So I was in front of the come and go, and, um, yeah, I... Boys are the best, the best. Um, so anywho, I uh, I shut my thumb in my hood. And you know, like this stupid. Okay, this is just. I was in front of a come and go, and the minute I realized that I can't get my thumb out of my hood on my own because I can't reach the latch to release it again. There's nobody in front of this gas station. There's tumbleweeds in the parking lot. And so I just sat there for a minute. I probably had like a pouty face, like, <laughs> like <laughs> with my thumb in the trunk. But it, like it was embarrassing. I might as well have been sitting there with my thumb on my butt. Cause like <laughs> that is that's probably the most uh, the, the most correct way to put that. Yes. I, I felt so dumb. And then like finally a dude comes walking in for a shift. And, and like it wasn't that long. It was like a minute of me just feeling like a real silly bitch. And um, <laughs> anywho, he comes along and I'm like, I have this thing where I'm super polite to strangers and I didn't want him to freak out because I tend to be real calm if something serious is happening. Yeah. So he comes along and it's just like, hey, sir, if you have a minute, would you mind just like getting in my car and popping the hood for me? I, I done got my thumb stuck in here. <laughs> He goes, oh shit! And he like drops all his stuff and like goes running to my car. And I had kept calm until he asked me where my hood release was. And then I was like, I don't remember. And so I was like, left, right, fuck, I don't know. Just check them all, just pull it yeah. whatever you can. And he like he kind of panicked and then couldn't find it. So he came around the front and like lifted the you know the little lever and it gave me about an inch and I pulled my thumb out. Oh sweet release. <laughs> 
a nice feeling. Like that was, oof, that was good, boys. That was real good. Getting uh, my thumb out of there. But you're showing some serious jam. You're showing some hockey spirit. Doesn't matter. You know, you guys just landed, get done with it, could have broke it, could have whatever. You're, you're right here at the podcast, getting it taped up right now well, to go play some more it's hockey. Big, it's big, yeah. Well, because like the reason I like I stayed in town last night so that I could be here to play with the kids, because I just like. I get, I get really excited to play with the kids, you know? I think it comes from... I was telling somebody earlier how I get so excited to play with the kids because, like, I just remember, like, watching the kids play so much. So, like, I actually get to act like a little kid and, like, play with them. I don't know. Like, sometimes I get a little too bubbly on the ice because I gotta be like, yeah, hockey! And I'm like... I'm out there giggling and joking around and they're like, Shannon, play more aggressively! Come on! Yeah, so like you can be bubbly when you're playing with the kids. And like, oh no, but when it's when it comes down to game time, you better put that fu- that face on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, if I'm if I'm not correct, you've been playing for the last three years, mm-hmm. and um, like maybe like I started at the end of like the very end of one season, so like like three and a half ish, like yeah. So. Like uh, before, before we like say goodbye. I, I know uh, Bryce and probably Matias wants to ask one more question, but if uh, for for me, like I mean, yeah, you uh, you said you were super stoked to even start, but um, and you had like a, a, like obviously it's a pure love for the game. Um, what what has changed, and what 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 part of the game that you learned over these past three years that you love even more? Again, I'm sorry. Oh, like, uh, what part of the game? Yeah, you came in with like, a, a, like I mean, a, pure, a sure enjoyment for the game so yeah, far. Yeah. So, but uh, after these last three years, you've been able to be on the ice, and you've uh, you've uh, you've got onto the ice. You've been in games and stuff. Uh, what's what's different now? What, what what do you enjoy more now than you did when you started? <laughs> um, I really like that. I'm finally getting to a point where I can have a little bit of confidence in myself as a hockey player. I finally, up in Minnesota, I figured out wing is my jam. I like playing wing a whole lot. Um, and I like defense, too. And I, I like forward, too, but there's just something about wing. Right. Um, and it's something about finding that sweet spot was just extra special. Because, right, totally. like, yeah. yeah, I am happy anytime I get on the ice. But put me on wing and all, like, I start feeling pretty confident about myself. And like I, I've started to figure out more strategy, and I'm really enjoying learning about the game and what to do. Like the mechanics, the mechanics of the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's beautiful answer. I love it, Bryce. Oh oh yeah, go go for it. Aside from that, this hockey community is really awesome. Like Dog Nation and the Colorado Abs Sled Club, like they're really stand up people like I had help so quick when I'm like yeah my thumb's bleeding and I'm outside the rink I can't really get it to stop (laughs) but I'm holding it above my head I probably looked like a little kid that had just won a goldfish at a carnival because like I had I had my thumb in a bag of ice and I'm just like sitting with it above my head and it melted (laughs) so I chilled like that for a while but no they got here so quick and like that's another part that's real cool about hockey is just like meeting other people and like learning about their struggles because in other places 
you're the minority. It's cool coming someplace where you're not the minority. Yeah, you're not. You're not almost the you're, black sheep. Yeah, you're not like the token disabled person walking right, around. Yeah. And, oh, you're preaching to the choir, sister. Mm-hmm. You get it. You, <laughs> yeah. you know what's up. Oh, okay. yeah. That was a great answer. Well, hey, the Wahida. Last question. So, um, for you. Yeah. Uh, talking about the your uh, truck being stolen. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you remember, but like a little bit ago, uh, TPH. I think they. I don't know if this was uh, with you guys or if I'm talking about another sled hockey, but they actually donated and donated like sticks, broken sticks that I, you guys. Can I use. wonder if that was the um, a team down in the springs or if they because we were talking too like. It, People just like stealing sleds, apparently. That's this terrible. Is, I don't get why. That's just it's terrible. It's not like you can scrap them for very expensive metal. Our, our trailer has a picture of this like beautiful little disabled boy smiling ear to ear in his sled, and he's so fucking tiny, and he's just adorable. And they looked at the picture of that disabled little boy, and they were like, yeah, we're going to take wow, these. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Let's take this shit. Yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> wow. That was horrible. So, and, and yeah. That's been happening, and it's really unfortunate because I think people don't understand the kind of budgets a lot of these people are living on. People with disabilities. Sled hockey or not? This is not a, a, a cheap sport. No, it, 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 not at all. Jerseys and sticks. And, and, I, I've, and I've got to echo that point about you know people living with disabilities. Like we don't have the means of money, and, and no. we don't have the job opportunities that people, regular like eight quote unquote able people have. You know. People assume that if you're on disability, if you qualify for disability through the government, that you're set. And you're not. You can barely make it. That's the furthest thing. If you're on disability, you can't work a full-time job, and they're not paying you. You can't own anything over $2,000, or you lose all of that. You lose all of your Mm -hmm. benefits, all of your insurance, everything. So it's not it's not just the simple, yeah, let's go on disability and just have a good life. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and it's not like, oh, yeah, we'll just go get more hockey gear. Exactly. And, like, the thing about the trailers, like, for both the clubs that Adam's stolen is, like, a, I don't know if I can explain the gift that it's going to give some of those kids coming out to try sleds. Or, like, I've watched that magic of when somebody gets in the sled the first time. And, like, yeah, sometimes it's harder than they think. But still, sometimes they decide to stick to it, and it, it, it just... It's an unbelievable change for that person in their life. It's giving somebody a little bit of independence that they don't have, and it's giving them somewhere where they can feel confident and not different. Yeah. And they took that away. It wasn't just a trailer. Like, it was... It's a magical box of dreams, and they took it. <laughs> and speaking about change, you know, like, how has Dog Nation, these events... What you've been able to do here at Dog Nation, how has that helped you and change your mindset on hockey in general? Well, I don't really have a... Hockey was always awesome to me. Like, seeing that picture of a sled for sled hockey, it was like having this wish granted that I know was there. Because I've always thought ice sports were like majestic and otherworldly and so like I can skate on my butt what like my mind was blown oh yeah I was sending pictures of like the sleds to people before I even came up to try it like 
just a, like an entirely new world had opened up, opened up to you. Yeah, just like, yeah, like I, I can't really put it into words. It was life changing. Well, Dan and Shannon, thank you so much for being uh, being on and telling us your story. We've had so much fun. Uh, little Hater, once again, thank you for yeah, the help. Yeah, for no problem. Um, and Shannon, yeah. uh, if you just want to like tell uh, tell the people out there uh, where you can find more about yeah, sled hockey or uh, what you guys are doing, you can go. Um, you can Google Colorado sled hockey, Colorado adaptive sports, and we'll come up. Um, Colorado sled hockey is our organization um, and we do have a website up um, and then yeah for Facebook Colorado Sled Hockey Instagram Colorado Sled Hockey um, and yeah um, you can come get involved with us and even though we don't have sleds right now I'm sure one of us can find something for somebody to ride if they're really looking to try it and uh, looking for volunteers or anything like that just to help um, out you know we are we are always looking for volunteers. Like volunteers are always appreciated. We're looking. We've had some changes in the league this season, and so we're yeah. Volunteers are nice. Thanks. We we appreciate those guys a whole bunch. Well, you heard it right from right from uh, uh, off the bench. Go check out Colorado Sled Hockey, Colorado Adaptive Sports. Join the movement. Helps help, help some people out. Shannon, thank you so much for hopping on. It's been wonderful. Thank Thank you guys for like you guys are awesome. Thank if you, you don't for talking mind to doing me. us the honor of signing our banner as a Absolutely. guest. Sweet. Yeah, uh, no, I'm honored. Like, thanks for taking your time. Oh, it's it's been a lovely time. Um, I, I've been trying to get at you all weekend. We finally got you on. It's been a busy weekend, <laughs> huh? Absolutely, yeah. it's been chaos, but it's a good kind of chaos. As always. Okay, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna run off on you because I think I'm gonna lose my medics for my thumb. Oh, as always. So I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. So, uh, so until then, um, V Horsh. Salute. See you guys. The last interview of the episode goes to a returning on the bench with Beaks guest. Luke Jones, the anthem singer with the voice of an angel. Welcome back to On the Bench with Beaks and our further coverage of Dog Bowl 11 here at the Ice Center, the Edge Ice Center. This is the 11th Dog Nation Charity Hockey um, Tournament, and we've got Cody Beekman and Bryce McMillan. Hey, how's it going? And with us is a returning member of uh, On the Bench with Beaks, a returning alumnus, shall we say, uh, Luke Evans. Luke, thanks for coming uh, back on. It's great to be here, guys. Really awesome. I actually, um, you know, having some of this COVID kind of simmer out a little bit, it feels a little more real, more exciting. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you know, thousands of really thousands of people are right here I think right now just enjoying the outdoors when it's nice out but you have tons of people in here just appreciating hockey and it's back to normal yeah it's finally back to normal and so yeah just uh, just a little just a little background on Luke uh, this is his uh, second year at the dog bowl singing the national anthem for the survivor game um, 
Just uh, just for new listeners out there, uh, Luke, you want to take us through kind of like your background and how you got hooked up with uh, Dog Nation real quick? Yeah, I just, you know, I uh, when I was actually 18 months old, I fell into a washing machine and was severely burned from my waist up. You know, I was submitted at Children's Hospital. They didn't expect me to live. They called me the miracle baby at Children's Hospital. I was on life support for about a week and a half, just completely gone. The doctor said, we got to let your son go. we got to let him go. But these are the times right now that I live for, opportunities to sing, opportunities to, because the doctors basically at, at Children's Hospital said I wasn't supposed to, sp- you know, speak, much less sing. Absolutely. Now you you literally have the voice of an angel. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's a, it's a huge blessing to me. It's a, it's a blessing. It's a, uh, a way for me to help people to gain confidence in themselves, not only me, but through the words, through the music, and through confidence in yourself, that's what it's all about, I think. And I think watching this stuff here is watching those the players' confidence, you know, showing us who they really are, no matter what the circumstances are. And I think that, to me, is a pretty awesome thing in itself. And that not that, like, just the same as being a singer, man? You're, like, you're going out there and you're truly bearing your soul every time you go out there. Yeah. Whether it's your own handwritten music or, you know, just singing the anthem or anything. It really, like, you are really bearing your soul because I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I won't even let anybody hear me sing. Uh, if, even if I think I'm alone, I hear somebody walk into the room. I'll quit singing right away. Like, I don't I don't want them hearing me doing that. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a huge it's, it's a huge uh, similarity between all these guys going out on the ice and then you going out there and, uh, you know, putting your heart, uh, your heart, your, your soul into, you know, melody. Yeah, I just, I love it. I love it. You know, and, and it's crazy. A lot of people say, you know, have you taken voice lessons? Have you done voice? And I've never, you know, taken a voice lesson. I've never, I don't even know what a note is. You know, a music note. And ever since I was little, music has touched my soul, has touched my heart, has, you know, I've had many opportunities to do, you know, speaking, you know, arrangements and, uh, and you know, singing. And it's just those times that those happen, I, you know, I live for those experiences. And uh, you've actually recorded an album that you want to uh, just throw out there? Uh, yeah, I actually did this album. It's called Just Believe. And it's, it's basically about five, ten years ago I actually did this recording. Um, and it's it's kind of uh, you know it's, it's just a cool cool way to express my love and my you know f- for life itself you know that to, to say I am no matter what anybody says or no matter what anybody does and I think that with Dog Nation I think that paints that perfect right up my alley because it gives people these opportunities to say I am. Absolutely. And say, you know what, no matter what what things I'm facing in life, no matter what I'm going through in life, no matter how hard life can get you and get you down, because everybody has a story, everybody is here for a reason, for a purpose. But the beauty of that is keeping yourself motivated and saying, I am, and looking at life as a gift. 
Oh, yeah, well, and, and uh, the, this is the best audience to do it, too. I mean, uh, just, and I feel like, is that, does that make you, give you a little extra, like, a pride that you get it, especially seeing, uh, seeing the anthem for the Survivor game, where the only hockey players out there are people who have survived horrific crashes, cancer scares, all these and different kinds of things. Life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does it mean any more to you that you, you are the one that gets to sing that? Well, and that, you know, and that to me, you know, I mean, it's, I, I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's just, I don't know how to explain the feelings that I have for, you know, far as this opportunity, far as Marty and Mike Freeman putting me under their, you know, wing and giving me these opportunities to, to share myself and to give myself and to help see people see beyond, you know, because I think, you know, no matter if your scars are a pair, you know, people can see them or not, everybody has them, you know, because life is hard, it's difficult, it's challenging. And that's kind of when I do inspirational speaking, you know, I bring that up, is everyone goes through things in life that's difficult, challenging. And it's, and it's the beauty of when you can find your self-worth and going forth and saying I am, it's, uh, that to me is just awesome in itself. Well, I mean, that's amazing. And I, I just want to kind of just, you know, besides hockey, you know, wh where where's your voice taking you? Um, do you do other events? Do you sing national anthems at? Just kind of take us through. You know, this is basically, the, I've sang the national anthem. I mean, I've had opportunities that, you know, other, um, I actually actually uh, had, a, had an opportunity in Broomfield to climb up into a ring and actually sing for a main event, boxing event and sing the National Anthem out in Broomfield, the event center out there. Um, but it's fun because anywhere that I go, you know, people know me, people, hey, will you sing for us? You know, will you get, you know, will you sing the National Anthem? Will you get, you know? So it's just, I, I, I live for those opportunities to put myself out there and to look at life as that gift. As that gift. And, um, you know, and I just look at that as a huge, you know, a huge blessing, which, is, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome. And so not only are you going to be singing the, well, obviously the Survivor Game National Anthem, but apparently there's going to be a wedding here at Dog Bowl, and uh, you were asked to sing one of uh, the songs off of this album. Can you, uh, can you kind of tell us uh, what, what song and uh, why you chose that one to sing it? Well, it was cool. Uh, I think her name was Cassandra. And she's one of the players, and I actually got a got a chance. Mike brought, you know, texted me saying this is her name, and I actually had a chance to call her, to talk to her, to say hey. They actually had um, a Foo Fighters song that I wasn't familiar with, but then I brought up, you know, the idea with with the songs that I have on the CD, and so I gave her about three or four different choices. You'll never walk alone. Uh, made it through the rain. Um, you raised me up, and that's the one they wanted to go to. You know, as you raised me up. And she was very excited. You know, she just basically said, I "Can't wait to share the ice with you." And how, you know, because she's heard me sing before. And so I just love "You Raise Me Up" because the message. And that's what you know. When I listen to music, that's what I love is the core message of that. Whatever artist is singing, what is that message, or what is that that's that's giving you that inspiration to do in life, to accomplish? Oh, absolutely. Well, we're looking at right here an album. It's just called Dust Believe. Yes. So you have your own, your own album. So you have your own album. That's pretty amazing. And so just tell me, are these the songs that you write yourself or are these songs that you like to cover? 
No, it's, it's songs I like to cover. You know, I have I had to do some royalty fees to do those songs to get out. You know, um, but they're all different. Like Josh Groban, I don't know. You probably know Barry Manilow. Made it through the rains on there. Oh yeah. And I just love the messages of those songs. You know, you'll never walk alone. Um, and that's from uh, you know Carousel, the musical off of Broadway. Um, but I did have to. You know, do we did we had to do royalty fees to to use those songs. Right. But the beauty of that, I want to just kind of just really quick share this experience. When I first sat down, my mom's brother, his name's Sam Carden, and he, he works and he's a jazz pianoist. He does IMAX films and all that kind of stuff. He's written music for Adele. Um, he's done several, several, you know, with, with, with vocalists. Um, but anyways, it was a really neat opportunity. You know, the first time I sat down in the, in the studio with him, he basically sat down with me right at the piano and he says, when you sing these songs, sing it like it's a prayer unto God. And so when I sing, that's where I put my trust and faith to say, look up and know that everything will be fine. And, and every single time I've sang, the wording, the confidence has, has come out and it just makes me feel like a million dollars. It's it's just phenomenal. It's so cool. And your voice does, does project. You're out there like listening to me and Cody says this guy has he has the pipes. Last year he didn't even need a microphone. He didn't even need a mic to sing. It was unbelievable. That's amazing. And, and by the way guys, we have an awesome guest here. We have Jan Hader's son. Um, I want to give him a chance to introduce himself. How do you think about Luke's performance today? Uh, I think it was awesome. I mean, his, his background story and how he just fought back and got back into Singing, it's just awesome. Uh, it's incredible, right? And and that's that's why we're all here, you know. Like every one of us, we have an incredible story that we that we actually have a platform to go out and tell their story here. And that's it's that's the beauty about being here. And Luke, thank you so much for being on, man. Uh, thank you for all that you're doing. Um, just thank you for the, the words of inspiration that you bring to us every day, and the beautiful voice. So uh, all I gotta say is keep going, bud. We're loving it. Um, just believe, as we have our our own little copy of his own album right here in our hands. So check him out. Hey, Luke, where can, where, where can people find you? Social media, anything um, like that. You know, I was on uh, uh, iTunes for a while, and I don't know if I'm still on there or not, but... Spotify? Yeah, Spotify. Um, but I, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways I can get myself more involved in the community and get my music out there and, and do more. You know, I want to do a Broadway theme, music, you know, CD, which would... would uh, I just love Broadway music, and I, so I, you know, it's, it's my dream and my passion to continue to look up and realize that nothing's over until it's over you know and just keep going keep dreaming and and I just keep pushing myself and live for the like I said I live for these opportunities to be a part of to give of myself and to help people get back up and keep fighting in their lives and that's what I just love I'll tell you what man well we're incredibly honored to be a part of that journey so thank you so much for coming on again love talking with you if you guys check out Luke Jones it's just Luke Jones on Spotify right mm-hmm Check out, check out his work. Um, we'll definitely keep you guys in the know of any new, new Luke Jones projects or anything like that. And uh, we're definitely going to be crashing this wedding to hear you belt it out a little bit more. So, um, yeah, thanks, jo- uh, Luke. Uh, you want to send any shout-outs before we uh, sign off here, bud? No, I just, you know, I, I, you know, again, I'm just so grateful for Marty Richardson and Mike Freeman for Dog Nation in general because... 
it's just like from from one day to the next I was like oh my gosh you know and, and these are the days like I said I live for I have opportunity you know and now they're giving me these opportunities you know Marty Richardson actually has talked to me several times about possibly getting with the Avalanche and seeing for the Avalanche oh that would be uh, I, I, I would I would shell out tons of money just to be there and support you bud so it's just you know those those experiences in my life that I live for that I keep myself focused and keep looking up and I just I guess the huge shout out is to Dog Nation and you know a huge shout out to my family the Jones family of you know we're, we're eight and biggest supporting group that I could ever imagine you know throughout my life that has given me confidence direction to saying I am and just keep going and keep living your life to the fullest and so that's what I look at life and I just never ever want to give up and I just always keep on looking up to say it's out there so it's a blessing it's a strength and a blessing you know meeting you guys and me meeting you my friend so you know it's just an awesome thing you know it's just an awesome world because you never know what's gonna happen from day to day absolutely couldn't have said it better myself that's right everybody uh, Luke Jones on Spotify Matias you want to say hi to anybody out there buddy uh, probably my mom and my dad I mean they really helped me a lot a lot in life so, so who's yeah. your dad? Tell us who's your dad. Uh, my dad uh, Jan Heda he played uh, he played like more than I think 10 years 15 years I think I have no idea but he played in the NHL for a little bit and um, I mean I'm so happy to have him in my life because he can help me a lot when I'm going when I'm struggling in hockey he can always help me and yeah it's just awesome well you heard it guys uh, straight from Luke Jones and Matias Hayda's mouth get out there say I am and have confidence have love spread the happiness and do what you want to do so hockey too yeah so uh, until then uh, we will uh, we'll get back to you guys from Dog Nation later thank you guys thank you thank you thank you thank you Luke and thank you Matias so the horse salute salute see you guys so that does it for period one of On the Bench with Beaks coverage of the 11th Dog Bowl. Thank you to all our listeners and especially thank you to our sponsors, Dog Nation and My Bear Nation. And thank you to all the listeners and a big, big, big thank you go out to our new monthly supporters, Vivian smith Nafi, Nicole Vale, and Todd Sawatsky. Thank you all so much, and V Horsh. Let's try the damn thing, see what happens.